Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinchak, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Introducing Gatekeeper from Calyptic Security. Zero trust access securing RDP and SSH connections with two-factor authentication without open ports to the internet, client installs, or VPN. Two years of partner-driven development brings audit-friendly access across all types of devices. Reduce stress and implement proper safeguards as advised by the FBI, NSA, and DHS, all in a purpose-built solution for small businesses. Interested? Learn more by visiting calyptics.com gatekeeper, and when you do, tell them Carl sent you. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. This is Carl Polichuk, and I'm joined today by a friend of mine, Pete Bussum, who sits on one of the executive councils at CompTIA with me. Welcome, sir. Hey, how are you, Carl? Very good. So uh, you're in uh, Myrtle Beach, is that right? I am, sunny Myrtle Beach. We're on the exact opposite (laughs) sides of the country. So whatever weather I got yesterday, which was not good, you can expect um, in the next day or two. All right. Well, hopefully it'll go push north. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Um, so Pete's the founder and owner of Equilibrium Con- Consulting LLC, which is a management consulting and outsourced marketing firm specializing in assisted channel and technology services organizations with establishing partner relationship and directing IT channel strategy, design and execution. All right. Why don't you put that into less markety terms for us? <laughs> so basically what, what we've been doing for roughly the last 13 years is helping MSPs or channel companies uh, get to the, the channel that they want to deliver their uh, services to or products to um, very much like uh, others do. Uh, but, we do it in a very execution-based model. So we help coach, we help execute and put the strategy and the design of the strategy for them to do both strategically and tactically execute their plan for growth, right? So what their growth objectives are, et cetera, to to move right into execution and then coach their team for growth and and add team or or, um, help them modify to grow as they need with the individuals that are in place. So what's the general size of companies that you work with? We work with anywhere from uh, what I would call a mature half a million and up. Uh, there are some single or, or um, owner-led that have a good level of maturity that can handle certain things. And then there's others that, that don't. So somebody that's mature, at least a half million to a million and up. Uh, but our average client probably is in that two and a half to four and a half million dollar range. So, And so do they come to you primarily for coaching or for marketing? We get a pretty good balance of that, Carl. It, it, um, we see a good balance of the marketing, but when they realize the other things that, they, that we do from the process automation side, because not only do we do the marketing, but we look at the process automation and the tools that you're using to deliver. So you can do a lot of data-driven components. 
which require attachments between CRMs and other analytical tools. So we get to do and get pulled into a lot more strategic and, and conversational components around management of the company and strategy of the company at that point. So do you sell software to connect all this or you just use like whatever ConnectWise, Autotask or whoever uh, has got? We actually have our own software. It's called Connect My PSA. It's got its own website, connectmypsa.com. And it uh, runs a variety of different things. It can do web visitors, reputation management, uh, email tracking and management, uh, dynamic linking makes it very easy. So you can track somebody through your email delivery, link, link clicked all the way through and get all the dynamics and all that. And then we also have a connector that we've built that uh, will take ConnectWise, Constant Contact, MailChimp and allow you to synchronize that data uh, lists and campaigns into the CRM and soon to add a couple more connectors for a couple other um, PSAs that are out there. So we're excited about that. So did you write all that yourself? Well, I wish I was that smart, but uh, maybe maybe 40 years ago, but uh, we've got a great team of developers that, that uh, work on our, our website as well as our uh, development side of our product. So it's a fully web-based SaaS subscription type setup, as well as, as the website component of hosting and managing and developing websites on the market. In the, the Connect My PSA, is that uh, something that's, that people could just go and buy themselves or do they need you to integrate it? Uh, the Connect My PSA portion um, on either side takes less than 10 minutes to integrate. Uh, into your website or connect into your mail platforms and your PSA. So it's uh, the, the um, both parts are, uh, one part is now self-subscription. The other part is almost self-subscription uh, <laughs> and hands off, but uh, very easy to set up. Um, takes very little time. Uh, once we provision the one account for the web-based software that goes into your website, it's nothing other than a plug-in, put in your username and your ID and you can, you're, you're set and then you could just log into your console at any time. The other one has a couple more pieces because of security going into the PSA. Right, very cool. Uh, so you don't, uh, you know, you don't worry too much that the, whoever came after SolarWinds is coming after you next? We worry about it very much. <laughs> <laughs> That's why there's a little bit more security when we're connecting to the, to the PSA. Uh, you know, the mail programs uh, such as MailChimp and Constant Contact and others, they're responsible for that data because it lives in their realm, right? But, and we don't store any data, but we connect. So when we connect, uh, you know, we have some, some real pretty good hardened information. It's never to say that somebody won't try and attack or hasn't tried to attack, but so far we've withstood. So we'll try and stay well, one, one step ahead, right? As I mentioned uh, more than once on the Killing It podcast, when the government of Russia decides that they're going to take all of their resources and come after you, they will get in. Right? Yeah, if somebody wants in, they're going to find a way in. Let's let's face it, that's security, right? We just hope that we put enough delay in that they'll say, "All right, let's go bug somebody else." Exactly. Uh, they 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 they've got enough in place to keep the bots and other things away from us. So, so uh, next question: Is this a U.S. centric? offering or would it work with uh, anybody you know it'll it'll work anywhere in the world both products yep 
you, you can get them individually or you can get them as a suite. Because so. uh, for me, I noticed that as I work with different people in different countries, the email rules are different everywhere. Yes. So, <laughs> and I, I guess you could play it a little bit safe. And, you know, if you're, if you hit the GDPR standards, the pretty much everyone's going to be okay. But, you know, even in Canada, they have special rules. So. Well, the good news about it is, is we're not the mail platform and we're not the PSA. We're the middleware that connects them and, and makes the data move. So when you really think about data movement, you usually have to export a spreadsheet, import a spreadsheet, then you have to export and then bring it back down and manage the, the data that's bounced or links clicked or whatever in, in your CRM. And what we've done is we've built that piece in the middle that does that for you. So we're just a translation piece, a conduit that, that it goes through, and we don't store anything in our profile other than the synchronization file to show you what it pass fail, right. added so many, deleted so many, whatever, whatever it is. So, but it is an international product. It, it, it has no boundary. If you're using ConnectWise, Connect Constant Contact, MailChimp, connect and go. Yep, um, I've uh, used Constant Contact for, I don't know, more than 15 years. And it always seems to me like they are just this close to being a good contact management system. They have all the fields. You just don't have a way to access them in a meaningful way to go, oh, let me just clean all, you know, spend an afternoon cleaning addresses or uh, updating secondary contacts. It's, it's a lost cause. You literally have to export it into something else, clean it, right. and put it back. <laughs> yes. Not handy. Yes. So. No. So we're, we're starting to look at how we can develop this application just a little bit further. Like this year, we've added what's called the engagement report. And it's something that we too, we're a master constant contact partner and, and have been for many years um, because of the marketing side. But what we decided was we couldn't wait for them anymore. And just like any software application reporting is just usually not, not very good. So what we created was what's called an engagement report. And the engagement report allows you to go in and say, I want the last 12 months of emails or whatever, selectively pick the ones, move them over to the right side, put in your email address and get a spreadsheet that says, here's everybody that was sent that email or those criteria that I set. And here's a column that says how many times they've opened and how many times they've clicked the link, which is something that usually takes weeks to do if you were to go across 12, 13, and then build a spreadsheet and then do the duplicates and the, you know, the compilation of, of all of those that could take you a week, two weeks to, to really get done. If you're doing 12, 14, 15, and you have a large mailing list gets done now at, a, at, at the speed of five minutes and it's in your email. Right. So, so we're going to be building on that to give more analytical power into constant contact. So nice. So, um, you started by mentioning the maturity of the partners that you work with. Uh, do most MSPs have somebody who uh, can spend their time dealing with a, basically a CRM and actually taking care of that side of the business? Or is it the owner who ends up doing all it, that? So on the smaller side, it's the owner. It's always, it's always the owner. They spend a lot of time in and out of systems, but the problem that you have with the smaller and I, and I, and not to, take a, uh, a negative connotation to it, but they're stretched in. So their ability to do certain things just isn't realistic. So they're, I consider that a non-mature owner-led 
they're going to grow. They're going to grow by, by just sheer happening the way things go, get a referral, grow, right? But they're, they're really just doing things on look and feel. They're, they're muscling their way through everything that they possibly can uh, and, and clinging to many of the things that they already have, right? <laughs> so until they get to a point where they can't afford to, to hire that other person and realize that they're starting to have too much churn in their base. Right. So um, we like to work with them to help nurture in our jumpstart programs. But after they get to a certain point in their jumpstart program, they need to mature. And if, if they're not willing to mature, then there's only so much you can do to help at that point, right? Yeah. So. Well, I always say that you get better at whatever you put your attention, attention on. So, you know, if an owner just spends a little time digging into all of that stuff inside their own business, they will get better. And uh, so mm -hmm. a, a tool that makes that easier makes their life easier. So, yeah. Uh, let me switch gears uh, real quick. So we both sit on the EC for advancing tech talent in diversity. And so I wanted to chat about that for a little while. So give me from your perspective, why you want to sit on that board versus any other board at CompTIA. Well, I, I think we both may have hit some of it on default as CompTIA aggregated a couple groups and brought them together. But the, the similarity in the groups was diversity, right? You had young, you had women, the AWIT, you had the, the future leaders, you had the TLC, which looked across the, the life cycle of technology and, and the HR aspects. Um, and I forget, what was the other one that, that merged in? I don't know. It was a there, lot. There, there was like four or five, five groups that came in. Um, so, you know, we were asked if we wanted to do this and I said, yes, because I, I, you know, I, I, I believe that the channel and, and the, the business base that's out there really has an opportunity to bring uh, a new look and feel uh, that it's, it's not just the old boys network, right? It's been the old boys network for how long, right? So women in technology is, is very important, right? To provide a balance, uh, you know, minorities, it doesn't matter, you know, what it is, young, old, you know, everybody, everybody has a desire. So how do we shape that and bring that to owners of business that can, um, and not just technology providers, there's, you know, CompTIA has, um, you know, hospitals or other businesses where they have IT managers that need this kind of guidance and focus on how they can bring those practices into, into their businesses to say, how can we really diversify our workforce? How can we attract some of better talent that we may have ignored because of gender or because of age or uh, because of, of, um, of uh, being a minority? And, and, you know, let's face it, it's all true you know, it's not, it's not a hidden thing and, and certainly more sensitive over this last year. It's, it's come to light more, but um, I thought it was important and I, I've always believed in it. So I wanted to be a part of how we can help. What can we, what can we do to bring solutions to help these, right. le the leadership out there to, to bring it, you know, bring it forward. There's great research of how diversity increases the productivity and profitability of companies. And it seems to me our one of our big challenges is to get people in small businesses to believe that. <laughs> you know, I think it's easier for larger businesses to say, oh, you know, 
let's just go out and, and target a certain group. But when you hire one person a year, um, it's a little more difficult. And, and think about how that small business really hires that small individual. The owner knows somebody or has a friend that has a friend, or they get a recommendation from one of the employees of somebody that they know, right? So the interview process really doesn't go much further than that many times. It's a very limited scope on how it, how it goes. So I agree with you. How, how do we, you know, as, as we look at it, is how do we bring that to the small business owner to say, look, look beyond your reach, open up your eyes, open up your scope. I think, you know, COVID and, and the, the work from home situation has people really looking at talent geographically now that, you know, we've all learned that, hey, our talent doesn't have to be right here where they can drive to work. Right. Well, now more than ever, uh, I can hire anybody anywhere in the world. <laughs> they, yep. can, they can work for me because even the people who theoretically are supposed to be in this office, you know, I have two desks right here. Uh, nobody's been mm -hmm. sitting at those desks for 10 months now. So um, very cool. So back to the, uh, uh, the groups that you do, do you have like a peer group or you, you mentioned a jumpstart group? Yeah, so we, we have a jumpstart program, sorry, um, where we offer a jumpstart program to the smaller MSP or technology provider that needs, needs the help, can't necessarily afford a top tier program. So we put them into a gradual progression of marketing, management, coaching that, that helps bring them along to grow them into the maturity, put their process procedures in place. So as they grow, they've got them in place and they can onboard and, and make it easier for growth and repeatable. Um, so there's the Jumpstart program. We do not have a peer group. I've often thought about it. it would be a great thing to start just a marketing peer group. And we may at some point, but right now we're not scaled to do that. It's not what our core business is. And, and I think we've got a lot more potential right now to stick with our core business. So in turn, we work in hand with many peer groups. Um, you know, there's so many that have opened up in the last three years that um, we just found it's better to partner with them and, and be included or be a part of a resource group or, or something that uh, advances the peer group. And at the same time, uh, you know, it provides us exposure to a potential client base. Yeah. So, it, it's interesting. The, in the last five years, there's been just a massive increase of people entering this market who they don't know the term managed services because, mm -hmm. right, if you think you're getting into computer consulting, that term doesn't mean anything to you <laughs> until you're in some forum and somebody mentions it and you say, what the hell is that? And then, you know, they, then they say, well, you're a managed service provider. And then suddenly they become that. But uh, there've also been so many people that, have had success in coaching these new folks who are not connected to the broader community. And it's, it's almost like there's this growing group of people who are not connected to CompTIA or ASCII or you know, any of the, the big groups. Um, and so it's like, we're, we're constantly refreshing our own DNA in this industry. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. And, you know, and then there's also the other part of how much can we consume? And is, is each conference or each group providing unique data and, and uh, you know, knowledge, or is it the same people showing up? So, you know, I love going to conferences that have names that I haven't seen before or heard from. 
you know, after you've been around, we, we all get to speak at different conferences over and over again. And so, uh, you know, is it a stale conference or is it an exciting one that there's a new face, a new, new topic that somebody's going out and really providing some thought leadership, but yeah, the connection for the SMB delivery unit of the MSP, um, you know, being connected is, is part of their business and helps actually grow their business. It's one of those success factors of connectivity to a peer group or into a specific conference where you can get knowledge transfer. Uh, it gives you exposure not only to knowledge, but to the partners that can help advance your business and, and gaining their attention. Um, it's interesting. I was talking to somebody in the UK recently who said that he didn't know the broader community existed until after he sold his MSP. And then he was looking around and somebody said, oh, you should come to this meeting in Manchester. And so he went to that. And then they said, well, you should come to this other meeting and this other meeting. And, and he was like, where were you people when I was in business? <laughs> you know? And he actually said that he probably would have stayed in the business longer if he uh, had more of these connections. So I, I thought that was really interesting. It, it, you know, it's a, it's a valid point. I remember when, when I started my career many, many moons ago and I still had dark hair and not a balding spot, but um, you know, I would have loved to have a peer group to get some mentorship or, or other parts. And it just wasn't there. I mean, you know, back then it was, it was a very heavy project based or an outsourced IT department where you sat in that company's facility, not back in your knock. So it, it, the evolution of the MSP and getting that connectivity is, is very different. But yeah, I agree. I, I mean, that's, I, I think there's probably a lot of us that felt that way. Where, where were you? How did you? And, but once I started at one point when I started to get connected and I, I got more connected into the community about it, more of like the CRN and the CMP, the breakaways. And one thing led to another. And as it led to another, I could see my business taking uh, incremental steps that were much larger than as if we were operating in isolation. Absolutely. Right? So as, as we had. So Yeah. When was, I was uh, seriously growing my business in the, in, I don't know, many years ago, as you say, uh, <laughs> Uh, I, my staff used to laugh at me because uh, I would go to a conference and I'd come home and they would like, okay, so how have you changed the business, you know, over the weekend? Like, what, what are we doing now that we weren't doing Friday? Um, but that's good stuff, right? It is, again, you were sort of mixing up that mental DNA. Um, okay. So let me ask about your partners and, you know, what have you noticed uh, in the COVID in the last year? Uh, obviously, for the most part, I think our industry's had a good year. We, we stepped up and really helped clients, you know, move into remote working, doing it securely and so forth. Um, what's been the experience of the partners that you've been working with? Well, I think, you know, there's been several phases of what, what they've fallen through and, and had. Most have done very well and had good, very good years, but I think, um, there's some challenges ahead for them, but the, the things that they saw incrementally was um, big projects to move people remote. Then when they got everybody remote, they had to come down and clean up all the holes that they left as they punched through hole through firewalls and, and everywhere. And, you know, projects to really clean that stuff up. So they were, they were very busy instead of thinking they were going to be, you know, out of work or out of business. They, they were looking for talent and uh, needing some talent to do. 
uh, it was also a great time for project work because you could get into facilities that you couldn't get into before. Uh, and it was just you or your other tech. So, and nobody else was there. So you could get in and do those refreshes of desktops and other things. And, uh, you know, as we thought we were going to be back to work in three months uh, and, and we learned differently. Um, so that kind of morphed and changed. So now there's some new support models that we see evolving on um, where you used to have everybody consolidated in one or two facilities. Now you've got a hub with 100 or 50 employees or whatever your client base is, and you're supporting all those endpoints. And it's a different, different component now from a delivery perspective and a contractual perspective, because that's not how you priced your original managed services deal. You right. priced it where it was in one place. Now you're having to deal with endpoints. That, that you didn't have to touch or the number of endpoints that you had to touch is now, you know, in a remote place. So we've seen a lot of shift in, in the way that contracts are being written, uh, the way that clients are consuming those IT services now working at home. There's different hours that they're working and they're consuming different. So we're, we're seeing that shift, but now we're seeing the trend coming back to say, wait a minute, we haven't seen a lot of net new MRR and we need to get more, more of that and get back on track with that. So that's a big focus now is everybody from the MSP side is turning to that. And of course, from the channel side that we support, they're all looking for them to consume additional licenses on the SaaS products or, or devices, right? So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that really plays out after Q1 if it, if it gains the traction that everybody's Right. For. So do you think that that a lot of people basically took a break from marketing or notched it down because they had so much project work? Some did. Our customers that did well uh, had a, had a, a very significant increase uh, of the prior year of 2019 close to 2020 close. Um, and that's because they put their foot on the on the gas pedal. Uh, you know, it was a time to accelerate your marketing because it was a time where, let's face it, not every MSP was able to uh, complete their tasks of moving people and securing people and provide those new endpoint uh, contracts. They just didn't have the resources. They were smaller and, and they didn't have the resources. And once PPP money kind of dried up after they went through it, it was, it was tough for them. So, um, you know, those that the bigger and more mature that we work with just I mean, it was relentless. We were, my staff was working, I don't want to say around the clock, but, you know, we, we delivered more in, in 2020, we, in, in 2019, we would deliver one to two websites a month for clients. In 2020, we delivered anywhere from three to five net new websites per month Wow. to the industry. Right. Um, so it, it you know, we were, our graphics team was running, our content team was running, plus we had our regular base to do. So, you know, we were very fortunate that our clients were ones that chose to step on the gas. So, yep. and they still, they haven't let off. So I, I, I think, you know, there's great opportunity in 21, but I think there's going to be some more contraction and not contraction, consolidation, maybe. I think there's going to be some good opportunity for some acquisitions of smaller that have some great talent to join a larger organization. Well, one of the hard lessons I learned very early in my career is that every time I take a break from marketing, 
I regret it three to six months later. <laughs> yep. You know, I remember one time uh, buying a new house and fixing it up so we could move in and then fixing up the old house to become a rental property. And there was like this three month period where I literally took my foot off the gas and my business cruised along fine. And then one day I woke up and was like, wait, I have, I have nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got these people that I've got to get busy. Right. Yeah. So I, I guess uh, I'm lucky I learned that lesson early because uh, now it's like, hey, I don't care what's going on. We do our marketing, marketing, marketing. Well, you know, if you don't do your marketing for 30 to 45 days, it takes 90 days to get the engine restarted and and going. And you lose some of those prospects that you warmed up because they're starting to say, what happened? Where did these guys go? It's sporadic. Where, right. Well, you also you know, have so, the issue that people say, oh, uh, Pete, yeah, we tried him right? Check the box and, and they don't reconsider you, even though you didn't finish the sales cycle or you didn't finish the communications. Right. So that's, a, yeah. that's a serious long-term uh, negative. All right. Well, sadly, we're out of time. Uh, is there anything else you want to add before we go? No, I, I appreciate, you know, you having me on here and getting to chat with you. I mean, I've seen you a lot as of late, so, uh, <laughs> but it's always good. It's always good to chat with you and, uh, just have one of those kind of go back and forth type. Thing. Well, with luck, I'll see you at an actual event someday in 2021. <laughs> Let's hope. I, I, I'm, I'm seeing more virtual pop up and the other ones are starting to go back and flip again from in person to virtual. So, all right. We'll see. Thank you, sir. Uh, Pete Bussum from Equilibrium Consulting. And this has been yet another SMB community podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.